For first-time horse owners and new riders, finding the information and support you need can be challenging. Luckily, Equine Network has partnered with Sentinel and Absorbine to bring you MyNewHorse.com as your one-stop shop for easy-to-understand horse care information and guidance. Visit MyNewHorse.com. You're listening to Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. (laughs) Welcome to Sleep Stories for Equestrians. I'm your host, Ashley Winch. We're so happy you're here to relax and unwind. If you fall asleep and miss the story, we will recap it at the beginning of the next episode. We've also selected and edited these stories for ultimate relaxation, removing any stressful bits without affecting the story's integrity, so you can focus on drifting off to sleep. With that, let's settle down and prepare for our story. The gates are closed, the horses sleep, the day's work done, the chores complete. Now let us rest, our bodies and minds, drift off to sleep, and close your eyes. It's time for us to turn down for the night. Now let's breathe in, breathe out, and turn off the light. One more time, breathe out, breathe in. Now, let us begin. In last week's episode, Misty and Stormy made their debut at a theater in Richmond, raising all kinds of money for the ponies on Chincoteague. Today, we will conclude our story, Stormy, Misty's Foal, Chapter 25. The Last Scene It was afternoon before Misty and Stormy were loaded into the truck for the long drive home. All the way, Grandpa and the children sat in quiet contentment, too full for words. They rode in silence each one tasting his own memories of the performance, each one filled to the brim with a deep, almost spiritual happiness. The pine trees were throwing long shadows, and the sun was slipping into the Chincoteague Bay when they arrived back at Pony Ranch. Grandma came hurrying out to meet them, her eyes asking a dozen questions. She waited expectantly for the news, but all she got was, Hi, Grandma. It was great. Grandma buttoned her sweater against the evening breeze and sat down to watch the unloading. No use pressing now. Else I'll only get half the story, she told herself. Always the ponies come first. I'll bide my time. 
Nanny shouldered up to her, butting her gently. Unconsciously, Grandma tucked her skirt out of Nanny's reach. Then she settled herself to watch and wait. Grandpa and the children were like actors working in pantomime. Each one knew exactly what to do. Paul lowered the tailgate of the truck and led Misty down to the fence. Grandpa picked up Stormy, carried her out, and set her beside Misty. Maureen took off Stormy's halter. Then, she and Paul quickly went around to the gate and let the bars down. But before even the top one was lowered, Misty did something she had done only as a yearling. From a standing start, she leaped nimbly over the bars and landed inside. Then she turned around as if wondering what to do about her youngster. Stormy let out a frightened squeal. Then, with head and tail low, she scrambled under the bars and found her mother. The twilight quiet ended in a crash of noise. A gaggle of geese rose in a honking cloud. The peacock let out a hair-chilling scream. Skipper yelped. The goats blatted. Even Grandpa swelled the racket. By thunder! He boomed. Twas quieter in that there movie house with a thousand kids screeching. In the midst of all the confusion, Misty let Stormy nurse, but only for a matter of seconds. After the long hours of being a sedate mother, she suddenly had to be a wild pony again. She took off down the pasture in a quick streaking run, Stormy hopping along behind. Look at that little tyke go, Paul exclaimed. Maureen cried out in sudden alarm as Misty began crow hopping, twisting, swerving, kicking at the sky. Stormy will get hurt, she screamed. But Stormy was trying out little kicks of her own, kiting away, falling to her knees, picking herself up, yet always keeping out of reach. She knows just how far to stay away, Paul laughed proudly. Why, they're brimful of spirit after all the doings, Grandma explained. I wish I felt like that. I feel spry as hoppergrass, Grandpa boasted. So do I, Maureen said. I don't, Paul declared. I feel better and bigger and wilder. How do you mean, Paul? Grandma asked. He pointed a finger to the darkening sky. 
see that goal way up yonder heading into a cloud? Mm-hmm. Well, I can fly up there right alongside him. Grandma took off her spectacles to study the white soaring wings tipped with the last gold of the sun. You can, she smiled at him in pleased wonder, even without wings. Paul nodded, embarrassed, not knowing how to explain. There was a strained silence. At last, he spoke in a hushed voice. Grandma, today in the theater, I felt and knew things I never knew before. Grandpa put an arm around Paul and another around Maureen. I know just what he means, Eddie, and I don't think no one, not their preacher, not their teacher, not the postmaster, and maybe not even the mayor, could really put it into words. Itty, to those city kids in Richmond, today was like a fairy story come to life. It meant something real to them, and you'd have thought Misty and Stormy was born actors the way they played their parts. He sighed in deep satisfaction. For once, everything came out just exactly perfect. And for once in my lifetime, I'm too happy to eat. Misty and Stormy seemed to feel the same way. Their kicking and cavorting done, they turned tail on their friends and walked down the meadowland toward their pine grove by the sea. It was like the end of a play, their walking off slow-footed and contented, side by side. Without benefit of words, they were playing the last scene. It was good to be out under the big sky, and good to breathe in the fresh, clean air. And how cool the marshly turf felt under their feet. Home was a very good place to be. Epilogue To make the story complete Misty and Little Stormy showed no ill effects, even the next day, because of their trip to the theater. They were, as Grandpa Beebe said, born actors. They seemed to burst into bloom like the daffodils after the storm. And so, they traveled to more and more theaters. Each time, they seemed eager to go, eager to meet their enraptured audiences, and deliciously happy to come back home. At the end of the tour, there was enough money to start the volunteer firemen buying back the ponies sold in other years. But this is only half the story. 
While Misty and Stormy were doing their part, boys and girls all over the United States were helping too. They deluged Chincoteague with a fresh tide of letters. From big cities and tiny hamlets they came, and tucked inside were pennies, dimes, and dollars. The letters are stories in themselves. Here is a check for $4.04 for the Misty Disaster Fund. It is an odd number because we earned it weeding dandelions and they grow odd. We hope the money will come in handy. Please excuse our poor writing. We are doing this in my treehouse. We had a lemonade stand and mother didn't charge us for the lemons. We made three dollars to help restore your herds. We think the new ponies will be glad to go wild again. I was sad to hear of your disastrous flood because I feel like Misty and Phantom and the Pied Piper are my friends. I know that a quarter is just a drop in the bucket, but I hope that enough people send in drops to fill it up. We all voted to give our class treasury of $5 to the Misty Disaster Fund so you can buy a whole pony in the name of us fifth graders. We want Pony Penning Day to go on forever. I've been picking blueberries all day and here's my 50 cents. Give my regards to Misty. During our story hour, we set out a jar marked for pony pennies, and we marched around the library until 386 pennies were dropped in. We are a group of 4-H girls, 10 to 16 years old. Every year we have a horse show and we do all the planning, fixing rings, making jumps, and getting prizes and ribbons. From our proceeds this year, we want to give $100 to help replenish the herds. Day by day, the Misty Disaster Fund grew and grew. By June, the firemen had bought back enough wild ponies to restore the herds on Assateague. And on the last Wednesday of July, the annual roundup and pony penning took place, just as it has for over a hundred years. Thousands of visitors came, and they marveled at how quickly the new ponies had gone back to their wild ways. The celebration was a rousing success. Of course, Stormy and Misty were on hand where everyone could see and pet them. They were not wild at all, yet they were the heroes of the day. Thank you for tuning in to the final chapters of Stormy Misty's Fool.
on sleep stories or equestrians. Allow this music to carry you off to slumberland.